hello. Welcome. How are you all doing? Good. Good. Did you all enjoy the very warm weather we had in February? I never want it to end. I think Colorado may have been the wrong place for me to live since I always like it warm, but I will take it while I can. But we are in the middle of a series, or I guess I should say we're at the end. This is the last message in the series called Burning Love. Have you all enjoyed it? I think for me personally, I've just gotten so much out of um, just really learning. You know, I've heard so many messages on uh, how to love your spouse, how to love your children and all that. But I have enjoyed this series because it's really talked about how to love each other and how to love God. And I think Pastor Dan did an incredible job last weekend talking about how to love when it's really tough. I haven't heard a message like that before. And it convicted me and made me go, am I loving the way I'm supposed to love the unbeliever or my friend who is saved? And so if you have not heard that message, go online and check it out because it is one you don't want to miss. But tonight, we're going to be talking, I have to say, he's my boss and he's sitting in the front row. But tonight we're going to be talking about love hurts. And you are probably thinking, oh, I came and thought it was going to be a fun night and this is a pretty serious conversation. But I'm excited because I think God wants to do really amazing things today and that God wants to touch hearts and that I'm going to tell you all of a sudden at the beginning, what I want to do at the end is God wants to bring freedom to your life and God wants to speak to you about maybe areas in your life where you've been wounded and he wants to come and he wants to heal you in those places. So I'm so excited to talk today. I um, have had a crazy, crazy day. Um, we're in the middle of selling our house right now, so it's already really busy. And I have a nine-month-old who is really busy. It's a task in and of itself to just keep the house clean while we're trying to go and have showings. So we had a showing today. I'm trying to get the communion, that's part of my job, get it all ready. So I'm running over here. I'm forgetting stuff, and it's just been crazy. And my husband is doing worship. And so we're just like running around this morning. And that gets me an a little bit of a bad mood. And I love my husband, and I think he's the most amazing person in the entire world. But isn't it true that sometimes we hurt people that we really love, not even on purpose? So uh, he doesn't even know I'm telling this story, but we were uh, getting in the car, and I, I hate clutter. I hate messes. It just, I can't go to bed if there's a dish in the sink. That's me. I'm sorry. I'm not judging you if that's you, but that, I just can't handle it. So he has his guitar in the back of my car because kind of needs a guitar to lead worship. But I go, can't you just put that somewhere else? And he says, no, I need that. And I'm like, you always have your guitar in my car and I hate it. And he looks at me like, what is your problem? And I, I'm just so angry and I, I'm thinking, it's your fault. It's not my fault. It's your fault that I'm hurting your feelings. And I just think, oh. My message is for me, and my message is for me. But isn't it true that sometimes, not without thinking about it, we hurt the people we love the most? And so this message is really important because throughout this whole series, we've been talking about love others. That's the charge. That's the commandment that God has given us. If we're believers, we're not only to love him, but we're to love those around us. We're to love our enemy and Sometimes that really hurts. And so we need to understand, God, how do I do this in a world that is not perfect, in a world that has 
not perfect people in it, and people don't love in perfect ways. So what do I do, God? How do I work through this? And I just feel like there's been this revelation to me of what, what we are called to do and what we do in the middle of being hurt. And so I'm going to talk about the love path tonight. I thought that was really, really cheesy to say, so I just put the path in your notes, but it's really, it's the path of love. It's this journey that we're all on and that we're all um, working toward because I want to be loved, and my desire is to love others. That, that's something innate in us. That is something that God has put inside each one of us, and you're crazy to think that you don't need love. You need to be loved. It fills our hearts. It fills us with joy. It satisfies us in ways that other things can't. So it's important. So we are on this path, and the first step to this path is the perfect plan. Number one is the perfect plan. And I think we all start out in life or in relationships with these perfect ideas of what the relationship is going to look like. I remember sitting in premarital counseling and having the pastor say, it's going to be really tough sometimes. And sometimes because love is not just a constant thing, right? Love is not just this. Love is up and down and all over the place. But when it's new, you think that could never be true for me. So I remember sitting in premarital counseling and the pastor goes, hey, it's going to be really tough sometimes. And maybe even sometimes you're not going to want to be married or you're not going to feel like you're in love with this person because you've hurt. You've been hurt. And I sat there and thought, you're crazy. That's your marriage, not mine. And now I realize when I'm telling my husband to not have his guitar in my car that I'm crazy for not believing my pastor because love sometimes hurts. But when it starts out, when we have these relationships, friendships, you know, we meet these new people and we think, this is going to be my best friend. This is going to be someone who's going to stick by my side through the thick and thin. And we've found ourselves, right, in places where that person's disappointed us. But at the beginning, it looks beautiful and it looks perfect and it looks shiny and it looks a lot like this piece of glass. It's new. It's pretty see-through. There's not a lot to it, right? Plain. It's just, this is, this is love. This is us in a new relationship. And so I look at this piece of glass, and I feel like this is my son right now. There's not a lot of depth to him. I don't know how he could have a lot of depth. He's nine months old, but he's new and he's shiny. He doesn't know hurt. He doesn't know heartbreak. He knows the love of his mom and his dad, and his life is pretty perfect. And so, you know, when I um, was pregnant with him, my worries and my fears of being a mom were I'm really afraid of the life that I have to give up. And I'm really afraid of um, getting up in the middle of the night. These are the things that I thought would be tough in loving my child. But now I'm a parent, and if you are a parent, you realize those aren't the things that are tough. It's watching your child go through something hard. Or it's watching your baby get sick. Or it's watching them be rejected. Or, you know, we want to protect them. And so I have found myself in the last year struggling with this and going, 
I just want him to look like this new shiny piece of glass. I don't want him to get sick. I don't want him to get hurt. And I heard um, Pastor Dan actually told me this story about he had the same problem with his children when they were little. And he had someone come up to him and tell him, you know, I, I just was, I'm just so afraid of him getting sick and getting germs. So I kept him out of the nursery for a very long time. That's probably why you're all like, isn't her baby. She always has her baby because I just didn't want him to get sick. And so um, he had the same fear. But someone wise came up to him and said, this is when their cells are the most active and when their bodies are learning to fight against sicknesses and diseases because their immunities are having to be built up. So really, my want and my desire for my child to be kept um, like this shiny piece of glass is really doing him almost a disservice because he's not learning how to endure through things. He's not learning how to fight through sicknesses. And I could say in the same way with love that sometimes the shiny, it's great when it's shiny and it's new, but there's not a lot of depth to it. The day I got married, I thought this is the best day of my life. But I could say today now is the best day of my life because there's depth to my husband and my relationship to our love. And yeah, there's been some hurt in there and there's been some brokenness that we've had to work through, but that is an important part of loving others is we have to walk through it. In Romans 5, 3 through 5, it says, we can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials for we know that they help us develop endurance. And endurance develops strength of character and character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. And this hope will not lead us to disappointment, for we know how dearly God loves us because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill, fill our hearts with his love. Before I go any further in talking about the scripture, I want to point out God wants to fill your heart with love. That is his deepest desire is he wants to fill you up with his love. But here is the thing. He doesn't want you to keep it and hoard it. He wants to fill you up so you can go out and as you receive, you can give to other people in your life. It's really hard to love people when you're running in a place of not feeling very loved. God wants to fill you up with his love. And if you feel the opposite of that, you're believing a lie. God's desire is for you to feel unconditionally loved by him. Unconditionally. But here, here's what I love about the scripture. It says, and endurance develops strength of character. Okay, so for my son to have strength of character, for him to be in that place, I have to understand that he needs to learn how to endure through things. We have to learn how to endure because that develops our strength of character. And then what I love even more than that is once we learn to endure, we have this character, and that character helps strengthen our confident hope of salvation. And that is the most important thing to me. My son needs to have hope of salvation, that he is saved through Jesus, and that when times get tough, that he knows there's a God in heaven that loves him. There's a God that loves him no matter what trials he may be facing, no matter the rejection or heartbreak, that here is happening, here he's made whole. We have to understand that. We have to know that, that yeah, this piece of glass looks really nice and looks really shiny, but this isn't, this is shallow. This is see-through. This is really easy to break. We need to be people of strength, of character. And to do that, sometimes we have to walk through valleys. 
and go through hard things with the people that love us and that we love as well. The second part of this path that we're on is shattered love. In Proverbs 3, 5 through 6, it says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your paths straight. I think when we start out with relationships and with our idea of love, we think that the road we're on is really straight and it's really easy to walk on. But here's the truth. This scripture says God has to make straight our paths. So our path isn't like this initially. Our path is like this. And there's detours and we get thrown off. Right? There's this shattered love. The second part of the path is shattered love. And so a lot of times this perfect plan, this perfect idea of love gets broken. And that's what happens. Our love gets broken and shattered and we're laid on the ground. This is a detour and God has to come in, right? This is a very big detour. All these little pieces. This is sometimes what happens. And if you've experienced great loss or if you've experienced great rejection in your life, maybe you grew up and you had a parent walk out on you. And this is what it feels like to have your heart completely shattered. Maybe you've walked through a really tough marriage Maybe it didn't work out the way you want it to. to. Feels like a lot like this. It feels like shattered dreams and things that don't work out the way we want them to. And unless we go to God, they remain like this and they stay like this. I um, have experienced heartbreak in my own way and in my own life. And part of that was when I was younger, I was... I've always loved the Lord, and I've always served God, but I, I wanted to be loved by a man. I wanted to feel that, and I wanted to have that romantic relationship. So I found myself in a relationship with somebody who really wasn't probably right for me, but I convinced myself that he was. I convinced myself that my shiny piece of glass, like, this is the best thing ever. This is all that I want. And so we dated for a really long time, and I, I knew, oh, this is person I'm going to marry. This is who I'm going to spend my life with, and this is good. And over and over, I could hear God saying, hey, this isn't, this isn't the best I have for you. And I'd say, hey, I know what to do here. <laughs> Don't worry, God, I got this covered. And I remember one night, this man called me up, and we got in a little bit of an argument, and he just was done. And we dated for three years. And all of a sudden, at the end of three years, I hear, I don't want you. You know, and I convinced myself for a while, oh, well, it was because of this, and maybe we'll get back together, and it was because of this, and maybe we'll get back together. But really, in the end, if I'm really, if I was really honest with myself, it was he just, he didn't want me anymore. Ah, oh, the rejection I felt in that moment of, I don't want you. And my love was just shattered all over the floor, and I felt like my heart could never be put back together and could never be healed. And so, in the middle of this shattered love, what I did is I said, fine, I'll never share my heart again. I'll never give it again, because I'll never have this happen to me again. And so what I did is I picked up all these pieces and I scooped them up. Do we, don't we hear that a lot of times? You gotta pick up the pieces, and we think that's enough. And so what I did is I took it, I put my pieces in a jar, and I said, this is enough. No one else can have this. No one else is going to touch this. God, I'll hold all my little pieces. I'll hold all my brokenness and all my 
hurt, and I won't share it with anybody else because to feel that way again, I couldn't imagine. What I didn't realize is I was still hurt and I was still broken. If this is all we do, if we stop in the midst of brokenness, church, I want you to hear this, if you stop in this place, if you stop in the midst of brokenness, all you're gonna be left with is brokenness. All you're gonna be left with is hurt and pain. And this isn't what God wants for you. This isn't what God has for you. His desire isn't for you to just pick up the pieces. Our world would tell us that's enough. This is enough. This is all, this is as far as you can go once you've been broken. I was lied to and I was told that this is enough for you. And so I thought romantically I would never give my heart, but what really happened is I stopped giving my heart altogether. C.S. Lewis says to love anything at all is to be vulnerable. So if you don't want to be vulnerable, you cannot even love an animal and then your heart will become cold. My heart was so cold. My heart was in such a bad place and it wasn't just with people who wanted to date me, it was with my friends. I shut them off, I said, no way. The second, I, I, it was like the fight or, flight or fight, and I was like, flight, see you later. Can't deal with this. People who were really close to me in that time, I rejected, and I said, nope, not gonna get hurt again. I went to YWAM during that time, and I just remember people would get saved, and I just was like, cool, is it really for real? And my heart was so hard. And what I didn't realize is I thought I had been healed because I was holding my pieces. I'd picked them up off the floor. I wasn't crying anymore every single day and drinking Coke. That was my healing method. I thought that healed me was drinking soda a lot. It didn't heal me. But um, I walked around with my pieces and good things would happen to people and I didn't care. And it took me a long time to realize, I read the scripture about Hosea and Gomer, and it talks about, there I will lure you to the desert and speak tenderly to you. And I felt like God said, your heart is so hard that I have to take you out of this and speak tenderly to you, because this isn't enough for you. This isn't enough. I felt like people, as I was preparing and as I was praying today, I felt like there are people in this room who have been told um, in marriages that have not necessarily worked out that your spouse or you, you didn't try enough. You didn't do enough. You weren't willing to give. But I felt like there was this revelation that God gave me, and it's because this you cannot give out of. How do you pick back up pieces and try to give when you feel like you've been chipped into a thousand tiny pieces? It's really, really tough. Because God has to come in. God has to come in and touch our hearts and fill us up because this isn't enough and that's not enough. God wants to do so much more in us. We have two options in how we respond to life situations and how we respond to love. We can pick our pieces up, we can hold them close to our heart, and we can say, that's enough. My brokenness is enough, and this is as far as I go. Someone who is rejected as a child, maybe you're too afraid, but God can heal you. God can touch you. God wants to love you. His love is perfect. The other thing we can do is we can say, God, I give you my pieces. And that really leads us to the most important part of this path is this number three is we're redeemed through Christ. Romans 8, 28 says, and we know 
that in all things God works for the, for the good of those who love him, who have, been a, who have been called according to his purpose. Do you love him? He has good things for you. You love him? He has really, really good things for you. No matter what has happened in your life, he has really good things for you. And he takes what the devil intended for evil and he wants to use it for good, but you have to let him. You have to say, God, here's my pieces. God, here are all my little, tiny, broken pieces. I give it to you. I give it to you because I have faith that you make all things work for the good. You will have good things for me. I read this story um, a few weeks ago, and I love, I love to read. I read teenage books. I read scientific things. I could tell you pretty much anything about a nine-month-old if you need to know. I'm a pretty important parenting expert, I found out, because I read so much. But I came across this article in the Today, uh, the Today Show, their website, and it was about this woman who had experienced a lot of heartache in her life and a lot of pain in her life. And so I began to read this story, and it was just late at night, and I, didn't, I really didn't know what it was about, but as I began to read, I realized, wow, this fits so perfectly, God, with your plan of redeemed through Christ. And so this woman starts out in her life, and at a young age, um, her sister was mentally handicapped, and they were unable to take care of her and give her the care that she really, truly needed. So they put her in a facility, and one day in that facility, the little girl ran away and drowned in a lake that was right by the place. And this woman talks about this anger and this hurt that she had to deal with through all of that. She was a child when it happened, but into adulthood, she was still dealing with all this hurt. She really probably was walking around with all these tiny pieces of her heart, so angry, and asking the question, why? Why, God, did you do this? Why, God, did this happen to me? And while I was reading this, I felt like God said, hey, something important that you need to understand is I don't necessarily have to answer the why to heal you in your brokenness. You may not get the answer of why something happened to you. I feel like maybe there's people who have had miscarriages, and that's something that you can't say, oh, that's explainable. But what I do know is God can take those tiny pieces and can heal you and can touch you. So this woman goes on to say that she ends up finding healing, and she ends up be, beginning to be restored and finding faith in God that he's good and that he had good things for her and that he loved her and that he can redeem this. And so she ends up working as an OBGYN nurse, and she felt like her calling was to help women who had lost their babies, who had come in to have a baby and had ended up losing that child. Because she said no other nurses really wanted to do that because it would be a really, really tough job to do. So she felt called to love those people. Talk about being hurt and having to allow God to fill that up each and every day. So she does this for years and years and loves her job. And then she finds herself in a place of getting a disease and is unable to work. She has to have surgeries and all of this, and she stops. So she starts an organization to love on families who had lost children and things like this. And these people came to her, another organization, and they said, 
will you take care of hospice babies? Because nobody wants these children. Nobody wants these little babies anymore because they're inevitably not going to be on this earth very long, and it's really hard to find someone to take a newborn in and love that baby unconditionally, knowing that it's going to end in little shattered pieces. But this woman finally understands, okay, God, you've healed me, and I understand that you want to use me in this area because I was broken, and I was hurt, and I was a thousand little pieces, but you've made me whole. So she takes in these babies, and she talks about the first one. She, this little, little, beautiful little baby girl. And the little girl was born with a part of her brain missing, so they knew that terminally she wouldn't last, that her life wasn't going to be very long. But she, her family takes in this little girl and loves her and cares for her and gives her the, there was no um, end to her life in their eyes because they just wanted to care for her. And she can tell, she, they have her for months, and this, she can tell, hey, this little girl's life is coming to an end. So she stays up one night with this little girl, this little baby, and she's singing to her. And she sings, Jesus loves me, this I know, and the little girl dies in her arms. <laughs> the hurt that that must have been. But she says this amazing thing. She says, but I got to hold this girl and give her love on this earth as she was being welcomed into heaven by the Heavenly Father that we have. So then she gets approached again, and they say, we have another little boy, a little baby boy, and his life isn't going to be very long. Will you take him in? And she's given an opportunity. You know, I, I think sometimes we think just because we're justified in our hurt, it's an excuse not to love anymore. Maybe you're justified in the way you feel and the way you've been hurt in your life, but it's not an excuse to just stop there. It's not what God wants for you. He wants to redeem you. She takes in this other little baby. And at the end of this article, I'm bawling and I'm sobbing because I realize this woman knows true love. When Christ commanded to love one another, this woman is really, really living it out. And I think, am I really living it out the way she is? But she says this. My iPad just froze, so I'm going to pull it up on. Hold on one sec. She says, we ache terribly when these little babies die, but our hearts are made more beautiful and stronger for having been broken, just like stained glass windows. So God wants to take your plain glass piece of your heart or the shattered, shattered pieces of your heart, he wants to turn it into this. He wants to take your brokenness and forge them together to make a beautiful thing that is made stronger for having been broken. So let's pray right now. God, I just pray, Lord, that you would just come and just touch our hearts, Lord Jesus, that you would come and fill us up. God, I pray for people in this room right now that have experienced pain unimaginable, hurt unimaginable when they gave themselves in love and it turned out in a way they didn't expect. And they're in a place right now that they're saying, I don't want to love anymore because I was so hurt in the middle of what I experienced. I'm justified 
God, I pray right now that you would begin to soften those hearts. Church, God wants to heal you, and God wants to redeem you. So if you're in that place, I want you to raise your hand right now, and I want to pray for you. Because I believe God wants to set you free right now. I believe he wants to take your heart and make it a stained glass window for him. All over this room. God, I pray for these people. God, that you would come, that you would touch their hearts. God, that you would come and pick up the little pieces that have been shattered and have been chipped away. God, that you would come and that you would make them whole. God, that maybe it doesn't look the same as it did before, but that's okay because it's made stronger through you. It's redeemed through you. God, I pray for healing that only you can bring. God, your love is the only perfect love. It's the only thing that doesn't leave us shattered. So I pray right now that you would fill the people up that are broken with your love that cannot be broken. You were broken for us, so we didn't have to. Fill them up right now, Lord Jesus. Bring healing in your name, Father. Amen. Thank you, Kate.